Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. They also got some weirdish news. Not like it's not necessarily bad news, but it's also not good news either about LeBron James. Uh, and also might be on the verge of getting D'Angelo Russell back. Weird day. We'll start with the game. Uh, 121 to 109 was the final here. The Lakers lose in Memphis uh, on the first night of a back-to-back. AD plays great, 28 points, 19 boards, five blocks. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, he did everything that he needed to do. I mean, he he nine of 19 from the field. Maybe could have been a little bit better there, uh, but 10 of 13 from the free throw line. Not really anything to complain about with Anthony Davis here tonight. You look at everybody else in the starting lineup, especially offensively, you're never going to get much from Jared Vanderbilt, so I'm not necessarily that nervous about that. Troy Brown Jr. was in the starting lineup to provide shooting. He goes 1 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 4 from three-point range, and finishes the game with two points. If you're in there for offense, man, (laughs) uh, you have one job. Same kind of goes for Malik Beasley. Five of eight from the field, pretty good. Two of four from three-point range. Not enough attempts, in my opinion. Uh, And he finishes the game with 12 points. Dennis Schroeder, uh, 32 minutes, four of 11 from the field, one of four from three-point range, 10 points, 10 assists, six turnovers, and was pulled, was benched uh, late in the game when it was kind of sort of still competitive. It was like a 10-ish point lead. Uh, Schroeder turns, it was like an 8-ish point lead, I guess. Schroeder turns the ball over, makes zero effort whatsoever to get back on defense, and Darvin Ham immediately brings him to the bench with two minutes left to go in the game. Uh, That struck me as interesting because, you know, if you're saying, well, it was a 10-point lead with two minutes to go, maybe he was just kind of getting everybody ready for, for... you know, the, 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 the night starting to, to get the end of the bench in there or whatever, but AD stayed in the game. And yeah, I, I found that an interesting move, especially it's one thing to, to, to turn the ball over there. It was a bad uh, post-entry pass that probably should have gone to the baseline and then have the ball go into AD from, uh, from that position. But after he turned the ball over, he just kind of stood there made zero effort to get back on defense or to impact the play whatsoever. Uh, and part of that, like, if if this was last year, he takes one of those take fouls and, uh, you know, maybe we're having a different discussion here. That's not an option for him. So it looked that much kind of worse than just the turnover in that spot. But also, just like, I don't know. My, my, my former colleagues over at Silver Screen and Roll uh, – are a lot higher on Schroeder than I am. I know a lot of kind of writers uh, and 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 people who do what I do for a living are, are kind of higher on Dennis Schroeder for point of attack, defense, creativity, all that stuff. But I don't know. I just have a, a, a problem with a small point guard who can't shoot. Like That's just a small point guard is going to be limited in terms of impact defensively. And if you can't shoot, if the other team doesn't care about you shooting, that's going to limit your impact offensively. And if that's where you're starting as a point guard in 2023, you can kind of see why he is where he is contractually. He's, you know, now look, if, if he's playing a role that makes more sense for him, if he's a second unit point guard, then yeah, I, I, 
I get that. But if you're starting and, you know, the, the, the beginning point on, on your impact on the game is kind of diluted because of who you are kind of as a player, I just, he, he's not a starting point guard in this, in this league. We've known this, right? His best season was coming off of the bench for OKC. He was okay as a starting point guard for the Lakers that, that following year, but I still think him demanding to start uh, started that season off on a really bad note, and and I just don't think that role made the most sense for him. And this year, uh, now really small sample size, but the Lakers looked at their best when D'Angelo Russell was starting and Dennis Schroeder was coming off of the bench. And all I'm saying is that the Lakers need Russell back to put Schroeder back in that spot and and just kind of get him out of my life, I guess. I don't know. All that said, though, uh, the Lakers competed. You know, this is a tough game. It's a tough place to win. It's the second seed in the West, and the Lakers were competitive for most of the game. Uh, it, it's just it, there's a talent disadvantage there, and, and if Troy Brown is going to go over on the night, that talent disadvantage is, is that much more out outlandish and this is the end result that you're going to see so the lakers i thought competed uh they they are always going to have you know this is a lebron team and when you don't have lebron it's not going to go very well but i i think they positioned themselves well enough to try to go for a win and it just didn't happen now they gotta kind of rest recuperate and and hopefully pick up a win tonight by the time you guys are listening to this against an Oklahoma City Thunder team that might be playing without Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So we'll see how, how tonight's game goes. As far as last night goes, it, it, it just kind of is what it is. I, I didn't anticipate them winning, and they didn't get their asses kicked. So I'll take it. Well, I, I won't take it. Take it. I, I would have preferred they sneak out of there with a win, but you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, now regarding LeBron, uh, the news right now is a lot of guesswork, it really kind of sounds like. It's funny when, like I said the other night, or last night, most teams nowadays are really kind of crystal clear when it comes to the actual injury. We don't know what the injury is with LeBron. We just don't know. Uh, There has been a ton of speculation on the matter, but we do not know what LeBron has actually done to his foot. He showed up to the bench tonight wearing a walking boot. That doesn't seem ideal, and yeah, we just we just don't know. We it there is no way to know what the Lakers are going to be looking ahead to without knowing the injury and then being able to put together some kind of estimation on when he might be able to come back. Woj uh, said, and 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 Haynes, and I think Sham said after they all received the group text that essentially how close the Lakers are to a playoff spot in a couple weeks when LeBron gets reassessed is going to define whether or not he tries to come back this season or, or he actually makes an appearance again this season. I think he's trying to come back. Uh, that is, that is clear. If he wasn't trying to come back, I, I think we'd hear more about surgery, right? But if, as this is the case, and as we don't know what, what the situation is, that makes these next few weeks that much more imperative that the Lakers kind of at the very least tread water. You need to make ground up ideally. And I think to a certain extent, some of that ground is going to be made up if they just go 500 
the other teams ahead of them have proven this year that going 500 is kind of a task for them. At some point, you might start to see the OKCs of the world kind of drop off. You're, you're already seeing some of the, the unintentional, intentional tanking with some of the players who aren't available in, for, for OKC. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander played in the All-Star game, and I'm not positive he's made an appearance since, so that's a little odd. But yeah, I, I think OKC maybe drops off a little bit. Maybe Utah does. I, I don't know for sure on that one. But the Lakers are going to have to get a few wins against some pretty good teams here while LeBron is out. And, you know, the effort that we got from LeBron last night, great, or not LeBron, AD last night, great. But, you know, in, in some of these road games, and this is always the concern when you rely as heavily as the Lakers are on role players shooters but yeah they're gonna need some of their role players to knock down some threes on the road we haven't really seen that so far uh since the trade deadline so yeah i as far as lebron specifically not much i can say here other than this is the news and good luck to everybody trying to to keep this thing above water in the meantime but yeah it'd be nice to get literally any transparency whatsoever here we have gotten some transparency, though, on D'Angelo Russell, where, look, he's been doubtful for all of these games. He's trying to warm up. I thought that given that he tried to warm up, maybe he would be seen as questionable in last night's game, but he continues to be kind of seen as doubtful. Uh, I said uh, a few shows ago, maybe it was last night, I, I do so many of these that I just kind of lose track of what I say, but it did strike me as odd uh, D'Angelo Russell is saying to Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, like, hey, uh, I don't, I haven't done this much to my ankle before. And, and it does make me wonder if it is kind of a pain tolerance thing. Uh, and again, not judging at all. I remember the first time I sprained my foot, I thought it was going to fall off or I, I sprained my ankle. Uh, I thought it was going to fall off. But yeah, I, I, I the Lakers are, are, are at least leaking out there. There are people close to the Lakers leaking that there is some optimism that Russell might be able to go on Friday. That does, however, mean that he won't be able to play tonight in OKC. And I don't know, maybe Schroeder has a bounce back game, but I think the, the, the Lakers clearly really need Russell back here. I just think that the offense just gets so gummy when the ball is in Schroeder's hands as much as it is. He's he's kind of like, like the, the bad version of Rondo where – every single thing. And, and I think sometimes we see this with Chris Paul, and I think that puts a ceiling on Chris Paul's teams over the years. But every single thing has to go through Dennis Schroeder, whether it's in the half court or in transition. And I think if you're if you're bottlenecking your your offense in that way, it really limits what that, that offense is capable of doing. And as I just talked about in the first segment with Schroeder, and his own limitations. If you're bottlenecking an offense for a limited player, then it just doesn't bode well for for what that offense is capable of doing. So getting Russell back, he is just flat out better than Schroeder. He can also shoot, and maybe that opens up the game a little bit more for for AD. Uh, a lot of AD's touches and 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 baskets and stuff uh, in last night's game looked pretty tough. It would be nice to get him a few more easy baskets over the course of a game. And look, if the Lakers are going to 
go on any kind of a run here. It's going to be with AD playing absolutely out of his mind. Like he was at the beginning of the season when he kept things afloat while LeBron was out the first time. So if if we're going to get that again, it's going to be because everything was was kind of devoted towards AD being optimized. And I just don't know if you can optimize an AD offense with Dennis Schroeder having the ball as much as he has to. So Russell getting back as soon as Friday would be great. It would be even better if he could maybe be available tonight against OKC. But you take what you can here. Uh, I do think the Lakers should be able to beat OKC even without Schroeder, especially if SGA can't go. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's you know, it's... <laughs> I hate I hate how simple this all is, but if Troy Brown makes like a couple threes here and there, and if Malik Beasley is able to get up more than four threes and makes a few more of those, we're having a very different discussion about last night's game. And you know, against OKC, Troy Brown is gonna have to be better. I don't know if he's gonna start if that's what it's gonna look like if he starts. Uh Malik Beasley is gonna have to shoot better. Uh, can't really complain that much about Austin Reeves in last night's game. You 27 points, 17 uh, or 27 minutes, 17 points, and and seven assists on the night was a game low minus 17, which is kind of odd. Uh, I, I'd, I'd have to look more into the numbers there. As you guys know, if the number is that far outside of the final score, it does make me kind of want to look back on the game that he had. But yeah, more guys from the Lakers are going to have to do more than they did in last night's game uh, while LeBron is out. And that's just, it's just kind of that simple. I do want to make one more note here. Uh, Mo Bamba catching essentially a DNP CD in last night's game strikes me as as interesting. Um, I wasn't over the moon about that acquisition when it was made. Patrick Beverly's expiring contract was the kind that you would hope to get more of an impact player than a backup center who was out of the rotation in Orlando of all places. Bamba in theory is a pretty good player and and a pretty good fit for what the Lakers need out of that position. But if you're using one of your few assets in that way to go out and get a player who might catch a DNPCD, that feels like a missed opportunity with the with the contract that that Beverly held. We don't know what else was out there for Beverly Beverly and a Denver Nuggets second round pick. So, you know, as that is the case, it's hard to really fully criticize the move. I just when when they made the trade and I said this at, at the time, I wasn't thrilled with the Bamba acquisition. And as he's already catching DNPCDs, that only kind of further hammers home. Like, ah, I wonder what else was out there for, for that package. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Like I said a second ago and throughout the show, the Lakers are once again in action tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll see if Shea Gilgis Alexander, who has been nursing a couple tanking, I mean, a uh, couple injuries uh, since the All-Star break and is now in the covid uh, protocol. It, we'll we'll see if he's available. I don't think he will be. Uh, if he isn't, that would be great news for a Lakers team that really needs a win, especially against a team as close in the standings as OKC is. Uh, so we'll see how that game goes, and then we'll kind of look ahead. Uh, the buyout market is continuing to kind of take shape. 
not much really left there. The Lakers do have an open roster spot. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe Barton made some sense, but there wasn't necessarily a role for him. So he goes to Toronto. Uh, Toronto waived uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez in order to bring in Bamba. That is an interesting one. Uh, I I wonder if the Lakers are going to kick the tires on Bo Cruz. We'll see. Uh, Goran Dragic Dragic also was let go. The Lakers have enough small guards, in my opinion, but uh, given kind of the ups and downs of the Dennis Schroeder experience, I, I do kind of wonder if the Lakers utilize a, a, a you know that roster spot to see what they can do there. Um, and then you know, look, any I, I'm recording this on February 28th. By the time I'm recording this. And, and by the time you guys are listening to this, there are only maybe a few hours left, if there are, on guys being able to be uh, playoff eligible if they're currently on rosters. So essentially, if if you are released at a certain or before after a certain time on March first, I don't know if that's midnight or if that is uh, you know in the middle of the day or end of business on March first. Uh, if you haven't been released by then, uh, you need you, you are no longer you are not going to be considered playoff eligible. Uh, so maybe we'll get a flurry of some some guys who maybe fall out of the rotation and ask to be waived so that they can maybe be signed or whatever. Um, and we'll see what that market looks like. But from here on out, it's mostly going to be ten day contracts. I think if the Lakers do utilize that that final roster spot, I would think with LeBron out. They would maybe look to do something like that, but you know there are tax implications and there are there are roles to consider. The Lakers are a lot deeper than they have been in years past, and and that really kind of limits what guys are going to be interested in, in in going to your team. So uh, if we get more on that front, I'll talk about it. If we don't, then you will hear from me after tonight's game. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.